Hello and welcome to the Heights Baptist Podcast. My name is Lee and I'm one of the pastors here at Heights. And our mission is to love and to lead all people to a new life with Christ. And so our podcast is is designed uh, to help you take your next step of faith. And so sometimes we talk about matters of culture uh, and then also matters of the Bible. And we look at theology and how that applies in our everyday living. And so what we're doing right now is a series through uh, Mark and we're kind of calling it side conversations. Uh, Mark extended, right, Pastor Matt? Uh, Because I'm preaching through the book of Mark, but I'm only taking a sermon each chapter. And so that means we're not covering every verse of every chapter. And so what we're doing here at the back half of Mark is taking some of the harder passages that we don't maybe have time for on a Sunday morning to really talk about and digest. And so uh, Pastor Matt Hogan is joining me today, who is our pastor of worship and media uh, here at Heights. And are you excited about today? This is going to be a fun one. This is going to be awesome. (laughs) This is going to be Bible nerd-tastic today. This may be one of our hardest ones I think we've done. I think so. I think this is this one is going to be a little challenging. So this is this is going to be interesting because we even you know we we've been talking off camera like what are you going to say what am I going to say and and I don't know if we totally agree on everything on this which is okay yeah you know um, we'll try to make it all work and hopefully make it sensible <laughs> to to our, our our listeners here. So we are going to be in Mark chapter thirteen. Uh, So if you have a Bible, maybe you want to open or uh, an app on your phone, Uh, Mark chapter 13. And Mark chapter 13 uh, really talks a lot about the signs of the end of the age. And Jesus talks about the destruction of the temple, signs of the end. No one knows the hour and the day. That's the passage I'm going to be preaching in Mark 13. Uh, And I strategically picked the end of the chapter to preach that message because what we had to skip on a Sunday morning uh, is what's called the abomination of desolation. Oh, my God. Right. And I mean, that's a mouthful in of itself. Uh, But this would also kind of correlate to Matthew 24. Yeah. Is, is Matthew's kind of parallel passage. And so if you've got a Bible, Mark chapter 13, uh, pick it up in verse 14 is where we are. And Jesus says, when you see the abomination of desolation standing where he ought not be, let the reader understand. So that's, that's always a fun <laughs> phrase to put in there. Uh, then let those who are in Judea flee to the mountains. Let uh, no one enter his house, take anything out. Um, let the one who is in the field not turn back to take his cloak. You know, verse 17 says, For alas, women who are pregnant for those days who are nursing, um, uh, excuse me, I lost my place, pray that it may not happen in the winter. For in those days there will be such tribulation as not been from the beginning of the creation of God, a created until now, and never will be. And so that's a mouthful. Yeah. Right. And so when he talks about abomination of desolation, an abomination is something that causes disgust or hatred. Desolation is the state of complete emptiness or destruction. So I'm going to kick this right over to you. What in the world does that mean? What's the abomination of desolation? Here's Matt Hogan just knocking this out of the park for us as scholars have debated this, you know, roomfuls of books. (laughs) Context is key. Yeah, context is always key. All right. Um, so, you know, just just quick little life hack here. So, in my in my little Bible app that I'm using here, uh, there's a little footnote mm-hmm. where it says "Abomination of Dan's Desolation," and I click on that, 
and it takes me to Daniel 9:27. Right. All right. So just as a just as a sort of a, a quick tip for those of us that are learning how to study the Bible, those little footnotes. Yep. You know, those can be helpful. Yeah. What is he talking about? You know, Mark just said, let the reader understand. Well, I don't understand. <laughs> well, let's, let's click on, let's click yeah. on, on, uh, you know, on, on Daniel nine. Where do we go? Where we go is we see in the book of Daniel, Daniel is describing another time mm -hmm. in history where that, where there's been this abomination that causes desolation. Yeah. Now our best, our best guess and our best understanding. There's there's scholarly debate about what Daniel's talking about too. Right. But what what most likely Daniel is referring to is a time when uh, Antiochus Epiphanes, who was he came out of uh, Alexander the Great's empire and he became the king who ruled over Israel for a time. Yeah. Um, uh, he actually desecrated the temple mm -hmm. and he did that by sacrificing a pig. Uh, uh, on the altar to Zeus. Right. And so that made that the temple made the temple unclean yeah. and unusable. Right. So it was an abomination yeah. that caused desolation. It yeah. was, it was unclean. It was defiled and it was empty because you can't use it. Right. Um, so, uh, do you like the, do you like the show friends? Yeah. Yeah. You guys watch the show friends. Mm -hmm. So one of my favorite episodes of the show friends was when he did the, uh, the Hanukkah armadillo you remember right, that? Yep. And he's trying to teach his kid about, you know, there were these people called the, the Maccabees. Maccabees. Yeah. <laughs> uh, if, if you're familiar at all with the, with the concept or the history of Hanukkah and the Maccabees right. and all that, these are all things that happen in between the Old Testament and the New Testament. That's when all of this happens, right. you know? And so in between, uh, and that's what, that's what Daniel's talking about. That's the period of history that Daniel's talking about. So, um, so the, uh, so there's an abomination of desolation that happens you know, in the, in between, you know, Malachi and Matthew. Yeah. Um, and then, and then the Maccabees rose up and there, there was a rebellion and they got control of Jerusalem again and they purified the temple and that's, they were able to use it again. But yeah. that's, that's sort of where, that's the, the period of history that we're talking about. And so right. Jesus is talking about when you see this thing. Yeah. And so what he's kind of talking about is like, you remember that thing that happened in our history that Daniel's talking about is going to happen again. Right. You know, that's, right. I think that's what he's telling his disciples. Yeah. Be prepared for something like that to happen again. Yeah. You know, so that, so of course the big question that we're left with in our mind is when right. is Jesus talking about, is he talking about something that's going to happen in something that's already happened in history yeah. or something that's going to happen in the future? Yeah. And that's good because, um, you can read Daniel nine and Daniel 12 is another one of these prophecies, <coughs> um, where you, you read it in kind of a future point right. and it points us to an antichrist to come that's or, still know, yet to come yeah the antichrist to come and you know daniel 9 he he makes a deal with israel and kind of helps them you know rebuild the temple and there's peace and they're sacrificing and then he three and a half years in breaks the deal you know and that's daniel chapter 12 and so you brought up a good point um, and this is, again, I think where, uh, as we said last episode, a good study Bible helps us in reading um, BibleHub.com, Blue Letter Bible. These are free tools out there, uh, gotquestions.org, um, because we want to try to set the context. We want to try to understand a little bit of what's going on, and, and there is some debate of, of what's happening. And so, so you, you mentioned, like, has Mark 13 happened or is it going to happen, you know? And so there's two views on that. Uh, what, so, so what's the view called that, all right, this has happened? 
All right, so usually you'll use the word preterist for that. Usually when you talk about preterite means something that's happened in the past. Right. And that's a and that's a view that says what Jesus is talking about with his disciples in, in Mark chapter 13 and also Matthew 24 is he's talking about us basically what's going to happen when the temple is destroyed mm -hmm. in 70 AD. Right. You know, and, and there's a lot of things that Jesus is talking about, you know, when he says, hey, no stone is going to be left unturned. Yeah. You know, 40 years almost to the day of when Jesus is saying this, uh, the Romans come in because, because Israel rebels again, right. just like they did under the Maccabees. Yeah. And they're sort of thinking, well, we did it to Greece, we can do it to Rome, but, yeah. but they no, were no. not <laughs> able to do it. No, no. Rome yeah. came in and crushed them. Yeah. And they literally took this, the most uh, incredible structure, which was the, uh, the, the temple that Herod the Great built, one right. of the wonders of the ancient world, yeah. and literally just obliterated it, right. no stone left upon another. Yeah. You know, and when you, if you go to Israel today, um, you can go up to a structure that's basically the retaining walls mm -hmm. that, that Herod built around the temple, yeah. but the temple itself done. is yeah. gone, you yeah. know, and was never rebuilt. Right. And so, so people point to that. People point to the fact that the fall of Jerusalem, the destruction of the temple is saying, yeah, these were things that were fulfilled, mm -hmm. you know, within the apostles lifetime. Right. Um, like, like Jesus is talking about. Yeah. Yeah. So that would be what we would call a preterist, interpretation of this passage. Right, right. No, and that's good. So uh, just a little word that people can throw out in their life groups or casual conversations. That's right. <laughs> I was, you know, that, that lets the people know they listen to the podcast. <laughs> we take the preterist view on this, you know, <laughs> but there is another view and it's the futurist view, right? which is essentially these things haven't happened and they are going to happen, mm -hmm. you know, so this is pointing us the abomination of desolation, which can mean a person or a structure, you know, like you referenced the, you know, the pigs uh, being sacrificed on the altar. So folks who, like myself, take Mark 13 and read through a lot of a futurist view saying these things are going to take place. This mm -hmm. is going to be the work of the Antichrist one day to fulfill the prophecies out of Daniel 9. He makes a covenant. He breaks the covenant. You know, he does something in the temple, uh, whether he destroys it or he sets up the mark of the beast. I mean, obviously, when you read the book of Revelation, you know that he demands the worship of the world. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and so that, that view is going to be kind of the, the futurist view. Mm -hmm. These things are to come. They are going to happen type, type thing. Um, I don't know. Are, what, what are, but there's a third option. Yeah, and the, yeah. the third option I think I, I think is is really interesting, which is it's possible a lot of times in in biblical prophecy, right? You have sort of a, an initial fulfillment, yeah, and then you have a later fulfillment. Yep. You know, I'm thinking especially about some of the things that that Isaiah has to say, the prophecies that that that, that are made about Jesus. Right. You know, uh, uh, behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son. You will call his name. Emmanuel, and he goes on to describe probably a person who actually lived yeah. in Isaiah's day. Right. But we also see through history, yeah. we also see that he's, he's also prophesying forward to the coming of Jesus. Right. And so it's possible that, you know, history has a tendency to repeat itself, mm -hmm. you know, and, and I think one of the things that might be happening here is Jesus is saying, you know, uh, Antiochus destroyed the temple, right. you know, in that period in between the Testaments. So a few, a few hundred years ago, ago from their perspective. Yeah. Okay. And the Romans are 
going to be coming in soon and it's going to be destroyed again. Yeah. You know, but then maybe there's still another kind of phase of this that may still be in the distant future that's still in our distant future. Right. Right. So it's possible that there may be a a fulfillment that did happen yeah. in 70 AD and also another fulfillment that's yet to come. Right. And I and, and I'm comfortable with that view, too. You know, I lean more toward the futurist, but to understand the historical context of those things, you know, Matthew 24, Mark 13 doesn't talk a lot about it. But, you know, there's rumors of wars and there's wars and there's earthquakes and there's, you know, these natural disasters. Well, of course, those have happened. They're happening. They will happen. And when Jesus brings that up in Mark 24, he talks about the increase of frequency of them, mm-hmm. kind of given the illustration of labor pains. Yep. You know, the labor pains get harder. They get stronger. They get, you know, closer, closer together, together. Yep. before birth happens, you know. And so uh, when we when we look at that, we can go, yeah, all right. You, you pointed out a couple of historical times those things happen. But then as we're reading through the New Testament, we're reading through Revelation, we can go, Ooh, it's going to happen, you know. So then how, how does that make us, what does that do for us today? You know, I mean, again, we're, we're at breakfast. We got the Bible open. We're reading. <laughs> we go, what in the world did I just read? <laughs> like, it's a Monday. It's early. And now how do, I, how do I react before I get into Houston traffic if I've read this passage on the abomination of desolation? So I think that we have a tendency to when we get bad news in our world, yeah. especially when it comes to things like war, right. natural disasters, yeah. pandemics. Yeah. Uh, we have a tendency to kind of run to the come quickly, Lord Jesus. Mm-hmm. Like, oh my gosh, it can't get any worse than this. It's got to be any minute now. Yeah. Okay. Now there's, there's two sides <laughs> to that feeling. On the one hand, I think I know where you're going with this. Yeah. We want to live every minute of our day like Jesus is coming back sure. any minute. Yeah. Because that means we want to live for Christ. You know, uh, Paul says, you know, make most of the time because the days are evil. Right. On the other hand, it's been a minute. Yeah. 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 You know, yeah. the Lord in his grace and in his patience has waited 2000 years. Right. You know, and there may be some more time to come more opportunities for us to reach other people for the gospel. Yeah. But it's hard to reach other people for the gospel if we take ourselves out of the world. That's good. What Jesus is saying in in Mark chapter 13 is that there is going to come, there is going to come a time where you may have to run for your life. Right. You know, and I was hearing one, um, one scholar uh, was was talking, was doing a podcast about this passage. And he said, you know, one of the things that was interesting is when the Romans finally came into um, to Jerusalem in 70 AD, there weren't a whole lot of Christians right. because the Christians kind of trusting in Mark chapter 13, they got out of Dodge, yeah. you know, and, 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 and the Jews were annihilated and the Christians went all over the world and, and brought the gospel to every tongue and tribe and nation. Right. So what we have to understand is, is, we're still in the birth pangs. Yeah. That we're still in the beginning of the end. Right. You know? And so it, it's we need to continue to be faithful. Yeah. Even when we hear things on the news and on the world stage that might be scary. Oh, and that's good. And I, I agree with that because it's I and again, when you read it through the futurist viewpoint or kind of that middle option, third option where yes, yeah, some things have happened historically, but these things are still going to happen. 
Um, we have to understand it's going to get worse before it gets better. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I mean, it's just period. That's what Jesus is saying. Um, and I don't, I don't mean that in doom and gloom because we read the end of the book and Jesus wins. That's right. Like, I, you know, like even though it's going to be hard, it's going to get worse. Jesus still went, he's already won, you know? And, and so I kind of, you know, explain it like this sometimes. It's like he comes into the locker room before you go out for the Super Bowl, and he's like, hey, guys, you're going to win. Just go play the game. I mean, you know, it's, it's going to get tough at times. Halftime, you may be down and feel like you're ready to quit, but you're going to win. Just, just go, you know? And so I, 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 when you look at the news and, you know, you, you see everything happening, I think we have to keep that in context of the victory's already won, you know, and I still have a mission. Uh, the church is always God's plan A for getting the gospel out. Uh, and so we, we kind of talked off camera of what might it look like in the future when Jesus says, flee to the mountains or, right. or this. That may mean the church in America goes underground at some point. Mm-hmm. You know, that, that may mean at some point in our, our future, we can't meet publicly at 9 a.m. or 10.30 a.m. Shameless plug for our worship services at this point. Like that just may mean that. But that doesn't mean the gospel stops. That doesn't mean we stop worshiping. That's not the end of us Mm -hmm. if we can't worship publicly, openly. Because the church throughout our world in spots is thriving underground. That's right. (laughs) And and so I think we can take courage to know, man, it may get harder before it gets better. But but by golly, when Jesus comes back, it's going to get better. That's right. For all of eternity. <laughs> and so, like you said, come quickly. <laughs> Tuesday's good. I'm ready. <laughs> you know, so. Yeah, and let's not. And again, you know, you know, um, Peter talks about, you know, in, in his letter, he's like, "Man, what is taking so long?" Right. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like I thought Jesus was going to come back. Yeah. And I, thought I thought he was going to do gonna, this. <laughs> I thought I thought the thing was going to happen. Yeah. You know, and we're and we're still hanging in there. But you know, but the Lord is not is not slow right. as some count slow, yeah. slowness, but he is patient, desiring that all come to yeah. repentance. That's good. And so we don't want, we don't want to be a people to take ourselves. We don't want to hide our light under a bushel. Right. We don't want to disengage from culture prematurely. Yeah. There may come a day where we have to, yeah. there may come a day where, where we're forced underground, right. but, but, but for right now, and let's reach as many people with the gospel. Think of all the number of people throughout the last 2000 years that have had the opportunity to hear the good news of Jesus Christ and give their lives yeah. to the Lord. Think, think about that no, number of people right. that have been saved because the Lord has been patient. You yeah. know? And then so, so I would say there's gonna be days where I'm grieved because of something that's going on in our world or even something that's going on in my family, and mm-hmm. I want to say, "Come quickly, Lord Jesus." Yeah, you know, and that's okay because mm-hmm. that's how John ends the book right, of Revelation: right. "Come yeah. quickly, Lord Jesus." <laughs> but there's a, there's another sense where I say, "Man, yeah, the opportunities for folks to be saved, right, because the Lord is being patient." Yeah, and so let's get out there right. and let's engage with our culture and let's 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 have those gospel conversations. Let's get folks, let's, let's connect with our folks in our, in our four by four plan right. and get the, get the good news out there while we can. Yeah, no, that's good. That's good. I think that's a good, good place to end. So hopefully today that cleared up a little bit of what the abomination <laughs> of desolation is. <laughs> I know there, I mean, there's just a lot of good stuff on that. And that's a, that's a, that's a tough passage, but what we like to do here at Heights is tackle those tough passages, uh, whether it is in a sermon or in a podcast, 
podcast form because uh, we believe it's it's in the Bible, and so we need to we need to have those discussions. And so I want to thank you so much for joining us. We're going to continue this series in Mark, kind of you know post sermon discussions. Uh, so our next one will be in Mark 14, and we're going to be looking at the Garden of Gethsemane uh, in the way Christ is praying and how he's struggling with this going to the cross and, and could he have opted out or, or what, you know, did Jesus have to die on a cross? And so I want to ask you to uh, tune back in for that podcast coming out very soon. If you are in our area, we'd love to see you in person on a Sunday morning at 9 a.m. or 10.30 a.m. Uh, you can also join us online if you maybe are not in our area at 9 a.m., 10.30 a.m. on our Facebook page or our YouTube page. Find out more about our church at heightschurch.org. O-R-G. And until we see each other again, I uh, hope you have a wonderful week where you are and God bless.